0: today's podcast is brought to you by drinkers like you to help support the show visit patreon.com slash have a drink show is there any way we don't do a silence of the lambs reference in today's episode no way in hell i suppose that means it's a wine episode though is there anything we can learn about chianti today that doesn't involve fava beans we'll find out as we uncork a bottle and have a drink (laughs) Welcome to Have a Drink, the show where you learn along with us about what you drink.
1: I'm Brittany Lee Walker.
2: I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher
1: Walker. Hello. Hi, everybody. also just noticed the uh, the cracks or, yeah, cracks in my Marty Moose glass.
2: Oh, no. Bullwinkle. Winewinkle.
1: It's uh, it's the uh, Christmas Vacation. Uh, eggnog moose glasses
0: see i said he wasn't gonna get it because he doesn't want he won't watch the movie
2: i uh, you know i i don't you know want to watch
1: i won't i refuse to drink wine out of a proper vessel so that's I'll fine out of anything,
2: i but... <laughs> look i'm only drinking out of our uh 2000 Jesus 2016 beer is giving glass
1: i know
0: right <clears throat> while well, ago i don't know what time is anymore
1: well, I I, yours lead. is a proper glass. It, that was a wine glass. I mean, I'm drinking out of an, a moose eggnog glass.
2: Hmm. I mean, I almost drank out of a tulip glass, and then I was like, oh, wait, I have the Beer's Giving glass.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah.
2: So, how's everybody doing?
0: Um. Yes, we are. Uh, I'm trying to think. Oh, yeah. So, we um, signed up for, because we got the discount, I guess. We did the HBO Max thing that just came out.
2: There's a the discount.
0: It's if you had HBO before, like HBO Now or HBO... Well, I guess it'd have to be HBO Now. Um, through one of the select providers. No, if you had
1: HBO Go, you could get the same deal.
0: Oh, okay. I, I
1: didn't know if it was just like... Or it's so confusing. Yeah, there's no way to whatever. know. If you had but, HBO but you forgot to put your brother's coat on the left peg before. <laughs> I, I don't know. It, it gets weird how you get the deals. Yeah.
0: It's uh wow. That's a, that's a reference. Um, but yeah, it. I got an email basically. And there's a thing to get the discounted rate of, I uh, apparently
2: already have it. Nice. Yeah, yeah.
1: Cause you already have it. Yeah. Because I um, pay
2: through it through Google and it's like, yeah, you I was like, Oh, Clearly, exactly, remember
1: yeah. to put your brother's coat on the right peg before <laughs> you went to lunch. And...
2: <laughs> well, now I have a whole streaming service I have to,
1: yeah, plumb through. Uh, so it's great and then horrible at the same time. When I was like, "Metalocalypse" is on there, <gasps> to dive in, and I'm like, "Oh god, the animation was so terrible," and I didn't realize it. Uh, look, uh, yeah. that
2: that was all like bad early Flash, like the the yeah. like yeah. they they were meant to just stand there, not move, and just kind of talk to each other. That's yeah.
1: except for the fact that uh, it's a it's a point that in the animation when they're playing music, all their movements and their fingers hit the actual fret points on the guitars. <laughs> of course, I mean priorities in time, so that um, it is like if you watch, like they hit all the actual fret spots on the guitars.
0: But um, but yeah, there's so all the DC stuff. Well. Almost all. It's just like Disney Plus, where like not everything, like not the brand because new stuff, is on there. They just got
2: in. They got to try to fix everything. But...
1: No, it's more confusing than Disney Plus. It's much more confusing. You're on there going, "Wait, what hell's on here? But what's not? I don't. I don't know." It, it, the the point is, like, trying to think about like
0: what's it missing, but
1: like, because there's the, a there's a bunch of like it's cr- like every picture is advertising Rick and Morty's here, and you go, "But it's oh, not the hell new yes. season. It's not the new season. It's yeah. all the same crap that's on Hulu." Yeah. So we're just kind of like, do we keep Hulu or do we keep HBO
0: Max basically? Um, but so that, that came out and we've got that, although I'm still, I'm a little annoyed that there still isn't a, um, cause we use the fire TV as our main thing and the, there isn't a fire TV app yet for HBO Max. So that's whatever. But um, I was happy cause we finally watched, um, I'm sure we've mentioned this, but uh, fantastic beasts and where to find them. We rented it and I forgot like, so all the Warner Brothers stuff is on HBO Max. Okay. So all the Harry Potter stuff is on there, plus the Fantastic <laughs> Beasts and the sequel to Fantastic Beasts. So I we can just like don't have to rent it. Yeah, you know, watch oh, it. Oh, so there's whenever. a there's
2: a there's a whole platform that I can just ignore all of those movies on. Right. Right.
1: Yep. Um, but it's got all the DC stuff and Doom Patrol if you're looking for somewhere to watch
0: that
2: DC, i already had that because i had the dc universe thing
1: Uh, yeah yeah so
0: and but the the weird thing about that is on the dc thing because they were talking about that on cord killers the um what's the new one is it the harley quinn thing or the harley quinn cartoon cartoon harley Quinn. yeah yeah but so that's not on there like some of the newer things aren't on there
2: yeah because the hbo max isn't for new things necessarily it's yeah to collect all the old stuff but, it
1: but does, then they also
0: have their weird like originals like elmo's like, not so late show and also all <laughs> the well, it's gonna now. have new
1: hbo stuff as it comes out it's gonna right. go on there mm-hmm. so uh what was it they're advertising already for the fall series um uh yeah what's the uh, hb lovecraft thing oh. i can't remember the name but but I,
0: but I mean like it's also got the his um, dark like materials on there and you know yeah. all the HBO stuff basically.
1: If you need to catch up on Watchmen, it's all on there. So I still I don't need it, to watch that. It, it's, it's interesting and like and it's amazing.
0: you think about like all the stuff that comes to HBO movie wise that you're like oh right I don't have to like <laughs> find this somewhere so it's nice um, and yeah so if you get the, if you got the thing where you were like quote already signed up for it somehow uh, it's twelve dollars a month instead of fifteen basically. So yeah, we're, we're trying to, and we, we were debating on keeping it because they've got the whole Sesame street catalog ah. and they've got, ba, 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 um, ba, 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 all of, da, da. um, uh, the Looney, Looney Tunes stuff. Oh. So all the Looney tunes, like back catalog stuff because Warner brothers watch, <laughs> again. watch
1: a lot of Sesame street up in here. Can't imagine
2: all, why all yeah. the, all the, 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 not racist Warner brothers stuff. I bet you you're not gonna find a speedy Gonzales on there.
1: <laughs> Probably don't not. I, we haven't looked, but yeah, um, I don't know uh, what of the classic stuff. I don't know if we can. What's the Hitler one where bugs? Oh, tends to I be don't remember Hitler.
0: I mean, I don't really remember I don't the titles if those are or on anything. There,
1: and then they have the like they rebooted Looney Tunes, and that's on there. Yeah, although um, hmm?
0: they restarted uh, it. It is cool though though that um because they've also got like the other Adult Swim stuff on there. So like because like Boondocks. Boondocks. And yeah, uh, oh jeez. I mean, all that stuff on, is on there, Home which is movies. nice. And then oh. um the Studio Ghibli stuff. So like, uh, oh,
1: yeah. So all Studio Ghibli. All it? Studio. Oh, all
2: oh. So I can. Oh man, because there's a and bunch did, of those I've been wanting to go back and watch. Well, apparently, even they're
1: getting, they're getting new Studio Ghibli stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah. E- so. Even like, there are days I've been like, you know what? I I could even watch Kiki's delivery service right now i
0: want to see that actually
2: (laughs) it's not bad it's pretty good
0: i think it's on netflix actually right now but i bet that's going off there soon that's going to be another interesting thing is like the the trade-offs on on rights and whatnot but so yeah Yeah, there's a
2: reason netflix has been pushing real hard for their original stuff is because they know all a lot of their old stuff is like well they can't
0: yeah disney deals and so forth but yeah so that's that's the the one of the big um I think when, like I'm trying to think of like what else we have going on, but Well, it's kind uh, of. I, mean... I
1: missed the last episode because I was doing a quarantine yes, wedding. Yes. Uh, my sister got married. That was a Mazatov. Thank you. That was a fun time down in Bourbon Country. We were at a private farm out, outside of Lexington. I was able to stop by and drop you off some beer.
2: That bridge farm remembers.
1: <laughs> and uh, it was interesting. Like they, the wedding's been planned for over a year. So as things were falling apart, my sister was like, I'm getting married because she's had three weddings fall apart <laughs> like this. Uh, it, it, she's not had the best luck. And this one, everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. She had to buy her dress twice because the oh. first time they took it for alterations and they completely jacked the dress up beyond repair. She had to order a new one. God. and oh. It's just like and this one was coming down through it. They had to fire the caterer two weeks before. Because the caterer was still like, they were so worried. They're like, look, we're going to have like 40 people. It's not, not going to be what it was. And there weren't even that. I think they were like, there weren't even 20 of us eventually mm-hmm. that like were exposed to each other. But they wanted extra food because you never know how much people mm-hmm. are going to eat. But the caterer was like threatening to, they're like, well, you shouldn't be having an event with 40 people. And they were like, well, by law, you were supposed to refund us our money <laughs> and not be doing such a thing because their mm-hmm. caterer at first was like, "Well, no, you can't have your deposit back because our thing clearly states." And they were like, "Uh, by law, the governor announced you have to return all the money and blah blah blah." Yeah. And I won't say what was actually said to the caterer, but they were <laughs> refunded the money and City Barbecue.
0: His sister so, pulled a Karen, but you know,
1: rightfully so. <laughs> my sister will go off on anyone for anything, but it was Look, they they were being crappy about the whole thing. Right. Yeah. No, they they got what they deserved. And we got barbecue, which everyone was happy with. Hmm. And it was just the immediate families of the bride and the groom. We were the only ones who were exposed to each other because the anyone who came, they ended up moving it from where it was going to be. It was going to be on this like picturesque setting around a lake, uh, a private lake on a private farm. Apparently we discovered Blake Shelton stays there whenever he comes to Kentucky. And uh, they ended up moving it across the other side of the lake to an open field. And everyone in their cars drove up, and they put them in rows in the cars, going like out. how my
2: parents go to church now.
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty. It was yeah, it was a drive-in wedding, and they kind of made this V formation out, and it kind of helped form the aisle that we walked down. It was, they it formed was this V
2: formation, which formed the head.
1: <laughs> Ducks fly together. Um, <laughs> I don't know that was fun and interesting and one of the bridesmaids uh who was a recovering alcoholic got drunk for the first time in like five years and <laughs> nearly collapsed in the middle of it and it, uh, in the middle of the ceremony all the bridesmaids had to hold her up until it was done the two groomsmen came over and picked her up and drug her like feet dragging the ground back down the aisle Everyone smiling <laughs> acting like nothing's wrong <laughs> good times <laughs> and then by the time i got down there She's passed out in a car, like, face in the window, just like... <laughs> they're like, well, she's off the wagon.
2: <laughs> Lots of bourbon
1: was drank. Uh, I was pretty heavily into a bottle of uh, very old Barton myself.
2: <laughs> nice.
0: Yeah. Uh. Uh, fun-filled two weeks that yep. have passed,
1: basically. Yeah. Also, uh, I don't know if you mentioned it, but I guess it was, like, the day before. Yeah, the day before the last episode when I wasn't here, we had a visit to from oh, our, yeah, our Chicago land. We, we mentioned
0: it a little bit because I, th- I was, yes, I, we had to, because I was, I was drinking the spotted cow during, oh. I think the main show. And then Bob was like, no. <laughs>
2: was... But
0: then of course, by the end of that, <laughs> he, he got a, a surprise visit.
2: <laughs> well, like the show had ended and yeah. we were, we were just in post, but then, then beer came and I was, I was happy and I had it like the next day. just went, Oh,
1: mm oh spotty cow mm-hmm. but yeah that's uh the, the, other than that it's just been work and working from home and more of the weirdness of when you do conference calls and you have like a, a home audio studio and you're talking to everyone else who's just on their laptop <sighs> in their kitchen but it goes and everything and you're like oh does everyone not have a you know like a mixer a, and a-, a few thousand dollars invested into audio equipment
2: I have that problem when we're setting up D and D stuff and I hear people like, come on guys, just over to your soundboard, fix your oh. settings.
1: Oh, and... everyone can't do that. Oh, my bad. <laughs>
2: uh, but right, I, uh, yeah, I what, will what say
1: you've been into, cause I know you've been pretty busy,
2: mostly just working. Uh, there, there are two people in my place now, which is all we're allowed to have. Uh, So in my off time, I've just been trying to watch whatever I can to pass the time, Uh, whether it's a 90s Bulls documentary, which was surprisingly good.
1: I want to watch that.
2: Oh, it's 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 real good Uh, or uh, uh, going back and watching Star Trek, the original series. Hmm. And uh, let me just say, first three episodes that show up on Netflix all have basically the same. Plot and threat. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> the cage is... Oh, like the, the original pilot is... Oh, these great telepathic uh, telepathic creatures uh, are creating illusions to, to, to do whatever. Next episode, Bones runs into someone masquerading as an old girlfriend who is a monster that turns into whatever you want it to be. Mm. Yep. And then the one after that is young boy with psychic powers does whatever he wants on the ship. I'm just like, guys, you went to the psychic well three times in a it's... row. You need to like
0: <laughs> it was the beginning of TOS. They had to <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they were they were dipping into some wells yeah. a lot. Uh I, so though that that reminds me real quick. So I think one of my favorite shows now, um, that got canceled from Netflix because let's not get into that mess, but uh got picked up by a let's say a CBS company and so i did a free trial of what was it this time CBS Fu- All Access no no because that would make sense oh okay yeah,
1: that so, would make sense if a CBS bought something and it was on CBS All yeah, Access no, no that would make
0: sense <laughs> no uh, i did a free trial again of fubo tv
1: because they put it on Fubo, they bought the and put it on. Fubo. It was
0: it was either Fubo, Hulu Live, or YouTube TV, and I was like, well, I can't do YouTube because I can't use a different email address because I've already done it. <laughs> because it t- it ties to Google. So uh, anyway, so I had to watch the show on there, and it's got the show's the series isn't like the season isn't done, but um, you know, because obviously, uh, filming issues right now, <laughs> like everybody else has. Right. Um, but my God, the ads because it's a CBS like network or whatever the ads for cbs all access cbs and like and oh and seen it because it's a cbs company like six ads per like there's like eight ad breaks and there's six ads each and i'm just like how do people do this like oh my god this is why we don't have gable
1: All I got to say about that is... uh, But also I
0: was was like, oh, Star Trek. There's a lot of Star Trek ads because I forgot like, oh, yeah, there's like three different Star Trek things on CBS All Access.
1: Yeah. uh, I was never a fan of the show, but then Brittany's like, oh, in this new season, they open it up with a thing about the son catching the mom masturbating to um, To Outlander to Outlander. (laughs) No, I'm just sitting there in my head going, yeah, I can see that. (laughs) I mean, yeah, everyone can see that. Hmm. Not to mention, we watched the pilot episode of Outlander with my dad. Which that was awkward. Yeah. So
2: some... Yeah, my, uh, my boss, she was watching, out, apparently started watching Outlander. I was watching it with her mother.
0: Oh. oh.
2: And uh, her mother looks over at her at some point and goes, What have you got me watching? Like, with <laughs> fake, it was fake outrage. But, huh? say like, you're watching porn with your mother. Yeah. She's like, hey, look, it's going to get to something else here in a minute. This is just
1: Scottish period piece porn Yeah, set in the highlands.
2: Man, that does sound like uh, sound like porn near... At the end free. of the
1: Jacobite Uprising. Oh, it, it <laughs> gets my gets my panties wet. Oh, I was going to say, it
2: gets your it gets your kilt in an uproar.
1: Ooh, it does. <laughs> uh, speaking of getting my kilt in an uproar, uh, <laughs> no one tapped this week to talk of, but uh, we did have a news episode. We Where we had a, a very interesting Breaking Bad style wine heist, if Walter White was a wino,
2: if Walter White was a wino, was a lazy wino,
1: lazy wino, and some other random news stories. Because guess what? There's not a lot of news happening in the the beverage industry at the moment because everyone's sitting there hoping they don't have to do a quarterly report that's like, and we're filing for bankruptcy.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, global pandemics are, aren't great for the news plus uh, everyone else I think is just kind of going so there's some other things going on in the world let's not talk about them
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah basically that's that's the goal <laughs> so speaking of which
2: speaking of not talking about it a census taker once tried to test me I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice chianti <laughs>
0: I was about to stop it, and I was like, "No way, no, we gotta get the." We
2: have crazy. to go out. I, I thought that came sooner. I, I didn't think the pause was that long, so I'm just like,
1: "Yeah." Oh, there it is! Oh God! <laughs> so, if you didn't guess, our topic for today is candy.
2: Chianti.
1: No, please, please don't say it like that. <laughs> I'm it gonna
2: really do it the like, whole episode, or at least until I forget.
1: Like it really hurts. But, like, you know, we've had a, we had a discussion pre-show about it. Like, did Anthony Hopkins? I guess it was like pre-pre-show intentionally do that or was it a slip was he mocking someone off stage like was he mocking her accent in character like what why did he mispronounce it
2: i don't know but the earliest history of chianti Keanti uh, is uh very intertwined with the history of the entire tuscan region uh the history of the viticulture of the area dates back to its to its settlements by the Etruscans in the 8th century B.C. If you get to Etruscans, you've gone too far. <laughs> That's like my historical navigation. Like, oh, yes, no. Yeah, just, just stop here. You'll turn right down, down, by, uh, down by the Romans. If you hit the Etruscans, you've gone too far.
1: So, so when we go to uh, historical figures and mile markers that make appearances on the show... Um I think the Etruscans is a is a good one there because I think that's
2: what 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 stamp is a uh, which which square is uh, Etruscans in your bingo card for It's <laughs>
1: right it's next to Marconi which made an appearance Marconi, Marconi, Marconi. the genius inventor Marconi
2: Uh Anyway, we have amphora remnants originating from the region that show that the Tuscan wine was exported to southern Italy and Gaul as early as the 7th century BC before both areas began to actively cultivate grapevines themselves.
1: Like I say, and it's to be said, the Gauls liked it so much, they invaded
2: Rome. (laughs) They went, oh, this is great. As you do. (laughs) Look, we're out. I don't want to pay for more. Just go take it. Okay, yeah, let's go take it.
0: As we've learned, wine heists,
2: <laughs> and Rome got very angry. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, from the fall of the Roman Empire through throughout the Middle Ages, monasteries the main purveyors of wine in the region. As aristocratic merchants, uh, merchant classes emerged. Uh, they inherited the sharecropping, sit- uh, sharecropping system.
1: I thought it was uh, a situation, and then in my head, I'm like, sharecropping situation. That's got to be some kind of like old crow medicine show ripoff band. Well,
2: mm-hmm. I was going to say sharecro- sharecropping situation just sounds like a fancy way to say slavery.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: sharecropping system of agriculture known as mez- mezadria. mezadria.
0: Uh, it's,
2: uh, I don't yeah. know.
0: I was going to say mezzadria but that I don't know if that's right.
2: <laughs> anyway, the system uh, took its name from the arrangement whereby landowners provided land and resources for planting in exchange for half, mezza, of the yearly oh. crop. So, you know, half better than slavery. <laughs> Many landowners in the county region would turn their uh, their half of the grave harvest into wine that would be sold to merchants in florence the earliest reference of florentine wine retailers dates to uh, 1079 the guild of wine merchants uh, guild for wine merchants being created in 1282
1: Jeez. tracks mm-hmm. i just had to stop and like do the like mental timeline of history i'm like no no,
2: no, no. Oh, yeah no somewhere in that grand uh Grand thing, at least in the the, uh, uh, Western European section. (laughs) Uh, Unlike France or Spain, Italy did not have a robust export market for its wines during the Middle Ages. Its closest trading partners, France and Austria, were separated from Italy by the massive uh, Alps. It also had uh, ample supply of their own local wine. I mean, come on, how hard is it to get across the Alps? You could do it in elephants.
1: That's <laughs> no, what I was waiting for. I'm waiting for the the whole time since you said Alps, I was waiting for the Hannibal reference. I am waiting for you to say it wouldn't full of plentiful elephants or something. <laughs>
2: it's full of plentiful elephant corpses. Yeah. The Alps is an elephant's graveyard.
1: <laughs> it is. You could you could track the trail he took off of the elephant bodies. From, I mean just from the bones. I would lo- so as an archaeologist, I would love the opportunity to just do that as an experiment. Just see, can I track Hannibal's way off of the remains of elephants?
2: If if people hadn't already most likely taken those elephants by this point, probably claiming it was like some sort of holy relic. Yeah. Not that it was tied to Hannibal and that it was holy, that they just like, oh well, this bone's big. This was yeah. Saint Bonabus.
1: Let's grind it up into boner powder and Oh, no, wait,
2: that's wrong <laughs> continent. <laughs> wrong continent, but same ideas. They would have used the same animal. Yep. Uh, anyway, uh, the English had a little interest in Italian wine to this point, finding plentiful sources in France, Spain, and later Portugal to quench their thirst. Well, the sweet, like, like a merry, like, like not going to work here anymore, mm-hmm. uh, romamaya Christi from Campania had some Campania had some uh, presence in the international market. most Italian wines had to compete uh, for taste of the local market. Even uh, this market was mostly limited to the aristocracy who seemed to have preferred strong wines from uh, Vernacia or sweet Antelezio and Vin Stan- Stanos I I had to look at it and go, don't say diesel. Don't say diesel.
0: (laughs) Vincentos.
2: Uh, Since outside of major cities of Rome and Naples, uh, there is not yet a strong middle class. Uh, During the Renaissance. Have we settled on, is it Renaissance, Renaissance?
1: Just say Renaissance.
2: (laughs) Okay. Uh, During the Renaissance, the city of Florence experienced a period of growth uh, that brought with it the emergence of a middle class of gilded craftsmen and merchants. Some of these Florentine wine merchants, such as the Antores and Frescobaldi's, would become powerful and influential figures not only in the history of Chianti but also Italian wine. Uh, so the earliest example of Chianti was a pale, light wine sold by merchant uh, sold by the merchant Francisco di Mar- Marco Tettini. I almost said Dratini, hmm. which is a Pokemon. <laughs>
0: Also, there's always a Francisco. Francisco. Francisco.
2: Francesco. 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 Yeah, Francesco. Bring <laughs> me your wine. Uh, that was in uh, uh, 1398. It eventually evolved into a coarse, deep color red wine that Sir Edward Barry described as having disagreeable roughness and other <laughs> qualities seldom drunk. <laughs> Can I just start saying that about wine when I drink it, going, hmm. Disagree- nope. This has disagreeable qualities of roughness and uh, should be seldom drunk.
1: Disagreeable
0: roughness.
2: Yes.
1: Yeah. This is di- disagreeable roughness. Other qualities. It does sound seldom- like he,
0: he he definitely had a beard and he was not uh not not <clears throat>
2: thrilled about life. Well, some of these other qualities might have been a slight fizziness that was a byproduct of winemaking techniques that emerged in the Middle Ages. So. <laughs> So everyone could uh, saber their their bottles then. Everything a, was... Hmm?
1: Everything was still then. There was no sparkling. Mm.
2: No, apparently everything was sparkling then, because oh. everything was infected.
1: <laughs> True. <Fact. laughs> uh,
2: at various times, wine faults would plague uh, the unstable uh, Chiantis because they were not able to fully complete fermentation, and yeast cells would remain active in the wine. Mm. Yum. The lack of full fermentation was partly due to cooler temperatures following harvest that stuns the yeast and prohibits activity, but could have been caused by unsanitary fermentation vessels. Yeah, it feels like that's what a lot of the problem is then. Yeah. Uh, uh, In the 14th century, uh, Chianti winemakers developed a technique known as Gurveno, where half-dried grapes were added to the must to simulate yeast, stimulate the yeast with a uh, st- sorry, not simulate, stimulate the yeast with a fresh source of sugar that may keep the yeast active all through the fermentation process. Hmm. Just, just gotta keep them going. Just gotta keep on keeping on. <laughs> well, the technique did improve the uh, probability of. Uh, of a fully fermenting wine, the second fermentation would cause additional, uh, called the addition of new sugars, also lift some carbon dioxide, which caused the wine to have a slightly sparkling or fizzy character. Mm. In The 18th century seeds of the modern Chianti industry were began to be planted in 178, 1716.
1: Uh, Quite literally. Mm.
2: Uh, Co- Cos- Cosimo il de Medici, Grand Duke of Tuscany, Man, that's a that's a mouthful. Yeah. Issued an edict de, uh, delineating the boundaries that would eventually become the heart of the Chianti classical re, uh, region. Prior to becoming Holy Roman Emperor, the policies of Peter uh, Peter Leopold as Grand Duke of Tuscany encouraged many of the landowning families to invest in improving and expanding their vineyards.
1: Look, uh, <laughs> our history porn would have a number of issues with that. <laughs> it's just a common joke on there that there was nothing holy or Roman Ro-ro-win. about the Holy Roman Empire, oh,
2: yeah. and the emperor didn't do a whole lot for that empire.
1: <laughs> Everything was wrong. <laughs>
2: uh, the Fili Academy was funded to teach noble families modern viticulture techniques. I guess modern for them, uh, from places such as France and Germany families that are still making Chianti day, such as the Caponese, Feridolfi's, Dolphys, And, uh, Ridolfs, Ridolfis, uh, I'm sorry,
0: Bob, you seem to got. All, you seem to have gotten all the words, <laughs> all oh, no. the words.
1: No, I'm looking ahead. I have plenty of <laughs> <it. laughs>
2: them. They're, they're there. Don't worry. Uh, the exact composition of grapes and varieties used to make the Chianti at this point is unknown. Uh, ampelographers Amplograf- Am- ah. They graph amples. Uh, find clues about which grape varieties were popular at this point of the writing uh from the writings of uh, uh Cosimo Ferriacci who noted that the Caglianano was a widely planted variety along the area of the Sangiovese San uh Mammolio and uh, it wasn't until the work of Italian statesman Benito Ricasoli, Re- 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 the modern Chianti recipe, would take shape.
1: Hmm. All right. One of the most influential figures in the history of Chianti is the Italian statesman Bettino Ricasciolo. Re- no, I had an extra row
2: Re- <laughs> Ricascioli. Ricas- Ricas- Ricos- Ricas- R- Re-
1: Oli, area we go, uh, who created the county recipe that would later be canonized in DOC regulate wait, Department of Correction regula- uh,
2: uh, um, no, it's <laughs> no um...
1: DOC regulations. Uh the Ricassioli family traces their lineage to the county region of Lomb- Lombard barons who oh, rule I, I l- want to say Lombardy because <laughs> that is a re- man, My Lombard's not having a good oh, <laughs> I was just thinking the Lombardy region. So that's where I was when I saw it. But the Lombard barons who ruled during the 11th century, the family estate in Broglio is located in what is now known as the heart of the Chianti Classico region in the province of Siena. Orphaned at a young age, his family estate was crippled with debt in disarray shortly after Riccioli got... I wanted to add that extra... Right after he got married. Uh, resorting, restoring the estate and its vineyard became his primary focus. Ricasoli uh, traveled throughout France and Germany studying the latest winemaking methods and brought back with him vine cutting cuttings of new grape varieties. He began to experiment in his vineyard and cellar on which grapes produced the best wines at his estate. See, this, it-
2: this feels like... Uh, uh- like all the best breweries and vineyards, how do they get started?
1: They stole it from Theft. other places. Yeah. How, new Belgium. How, 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 how did new, they?
2: Yeah, how I was gonna make, say they New Belgium. I'm like, how do
1: they do that? How they make such great old world beer in the new world because they stole the yeast. <laughs> he came out of there like the like the yeast burglar. <laughs> the yeast burglar.
0: <laughs> Picture the ham burglar, but instead he had hops pictured all. He over had a him.
1: vial of yeast. Uh, his just work bag, just. <laughs> <laughs> his work eventually settled on a blend of three Tuscan grapes: uh, Sangiovese, uh, I, I... I meant
0: to look that word up. Hold on,
1: caniolio and Malvasia. No grape varieties. Uh, Ricasoli chose Sangiovese to be the base of the Chianti because it provided the most uh, aromatics. Canolio brought fruitiness to the wine that softened the tannins of Sangiovese without lessening the aromatics. The addition of the white wine grapes, uh, Malvasia, was to provide further softening. Wine expert Hugh Johnson, (laughs) most easy to pronounce name in all of this, Hugh Johnson noted that the relationship that uh, Ricascioli described between Sangiovese and Canelio has some parallels to how Cabernet Sauvignon is softened by the fruit of Merlot in the traditional Bordeaux-style blend.
2: By the way, Hugh Johnson seems, sounds like the name that uh, uh, Bart would call Moe's Tavern with. <laughs> Can anyone get a hold of Hugh Johnson?
1: Hugh Johnson. Is there a Hugh Johnson here? Uh, Ricascioli continued with his winemaking endeavors until 1848 when his wife died. Stricken by grief, he had little desire for his vineyards or uh-huh. his wine. During uh, this time, the tides of the...
2: Um, going, Minto
1: That. Were growing stronger, and Ricascioli found himself in the political area, which would eventually lead him to becoming the prime minister of Italy.
2: So, you know, that's, that's a bit of a gear shift.
1: It tends to happen. Uh, Your wife dies and become the prime minister of Italy. And uh, there may be some things getting ready to happen. Things may be hitting the fan. Uh, The 20th century saw peaks and valleys in the popularity of Chianti and eventually led to a radical evolution in the wine style due to the influence of the Super Tuscans,
2: doo, 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 doo.
1: the late 19th century saw uh, Odeum. Odeum? Odeum? sure, and the phylloxera epidemic take its toll on the vineyards of Chianti. And just as they had ravaged vineyards across Europe, the chaos and poverty following the Rizard... I can never say it. The Rizard Gementiop. Can we just say the blight? <laughs> uh, heralded the beginning of the Italian diaspora? D- diaspora. Diaspora that would take the Italian vineyard workers and winemakers abroad as immigrants to new lands. Those that stayed behind and replanted chose high yielding varieties like Trebbiano and Savagionis. Clones such as the Savagionis di Romagiana from nearby Rumajan, region, followed World War II. The general trend in the world wine market was for cheap, easy-drinking wine. Man, I miss the days of cheap. (laughs) Which
2: would just be a better deal for me. Oh, yeah, yeah. no,
1: we want cheap. Oh, good. (laughs) Which saw a brief boom for the region, uh, with overcropping and an emphasis on quantity over quality. The reputation of Chianti among consumers eventually plummeted. By the nineteen fifties, Uh Sorry, it's just ringing too many bells in my head. Which is known for yeah, Trebbianni. Yeah, just known for how new you doing? Flavors. <laughs> how you doing? Just picturing uh, wine you pour out, and he's like, "Here you go." How you doing? It, it's the wine Joey would drink, sitting on his toilet using his toilet phone. Monica begged him to never call her from. (laughs) Uh, Made up to 30% of many mass market Chianti's by the late 20th century, Chianti was often associated with basic mass market Chianti sold in a squat bottle enclosed in a straw basket. We all know it.
2: (laughs) I came came this close to buying one of those. We all know it from every what? giovay
1: we 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 know we, we know, know that this, bottle from yeah every bad Italian restaurant
2: yeah I was gonna say in every movie of every like yeah every fifties and sixties set in the fifties and sixties movie
1: hey guess where we are <laughs> in the timeline we're in the fifties, hey so timeline tracks like I said before no tracks mm, with yeah, the yeah. timeline history Uh, However, during this same time, a group of ambitious producers began working outside the boundaries of D.O.C. regulations to make what they believed would be a higher quality style of Chianti. These wines eventually became known as the Super Tuscans. (laughs) The origin of Super Tuscans is rooted in the restrictive D.O.C. practices of the Chianti zone prior to the 1990s. So we're, we're jumping up here. Uh, during the time, county would be composed of no more than seventy percent Sangiovese, and had to include at least ten percent of one of the local white wine grapes. Hmm. Producers who deviated from the regulations could not use the county name on their wine labels and will be classified as Vino da Tavola, Tavola Italy's lowest wine designation. <gasps> boom, boom, boom.
2: That sounds very close to Travola, by the way. Or Travolta.
1: I mean, could be the the lowest designation of an actor. Oh. Uh, (laughs) Shade? The Marchese Marchese Piero. Piero Antinori. Antinori was one of the first to create the Chianti-style wine that uh, ignored the DOC regulations, releasing a (laughs) 1971 Sangiovese Cabernet Sauvignon blend known as... Tinanello. I think
2: that translates to I do what I want.
1: (laughs) I would say this sounds an awful lot like the the boot, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. In 1978.
1: uh, Other producers followed suit. And soon, prices of the Super Tuscans were doo, doo, consistently doo. beating the prices of some of the most well known Chiantis. In response to international acclaim and high prices of these Super Tuscans, doo, doo, uh, doo. Italian authorities reevaluated the DOC regulations for the Chianti region in an attempt to bring some of these Super Tuscans doo, back doo, doo. into the fold. <laughs> they changed the grape blend composition of Chianti, uh, not Classico or Reserva. To require a minimum of 75 to 90% Sangiovese, 5 to 10% uh, Canolio, Nero, uh, 5 percent to 10% Trebbiano, uh, Toscano, and uh, Malvese.
0: Bianca Lunga?
1: That up to 10% <laughs> uh, other varieties. With respect to Chianti Classico, A minimum of 80% Sangiovese is required and up to 20% of other varieties allowed. Beginning with the 2006 vintage, no white grapes are allowed in the composition of Chianti Classico. Chianti uh, (laughs) Classico Reserva is required to have a minimum of of 24 months oak aging plus an additional three months of bottle aging but beyond just grape composition, the new wave of winemaking during the era of the Super Tuscan do, do, do. Also, also reinvigorated the county's region with modern viticultural uh, vine training and canopy management techniques and winemaking tools such as the use of new oak barrels. Hmm. Hmm. See? Hmm. Who else? Who else? Bourbon style works. Hmm. hmm. It's a, it's go. Hmm. Now now there's now we know of three areas where new oak is being used. Uh some tequilas which happen to be some host's favorite tequilas and they have a big crush on it. Mm. Um obviously bourbon whiskey and apparently in some newer counties. We're
2: we're going to talk about some some weird parallels these things apparently are happening, but also from what I understand from this is this is a, the 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 whole Chianti Classico and Super Tuscans, do 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 uh, are uh, basically a new cloak, a new Coke program that worked.
1: Ah, mm. yeah. Well, This <laughs> new area of innovation led to sharp increase in the price of Chiantis to where the bottlings from many of the top houses now match the prices of the premium Super Tuscans. Bump it a bump. I was say, oh, sorry I, I
2: i was busy looking at something else and i completely blanked that i heard super tuscans
0: <laughs> all right well <laughs> next we will get into some pairings this is usually our favorite thing well my favorite thing to talk about because food uh with beer <laughs> so and um wine folly tends seems to be the equivalent of all about beer as far as <laughs> listing like you know all the wait different- so they're owned
2: by abm bev too
0: all about beer isn't owned by BMF.
2: It's not all about great beer. Great beer. That's the yeah. one I'm thinking of. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. That's fair. That's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff, Uh. but yes. Um. So wine folly lists a lot of like, here's pairings and here's this, and here's the glass you need to drink of. And here's infographics. It's great. Um. So Chianti has savory flavors paired with high acidity and coarse tannin, which makes it an incredible wine with food. The high acid cuts through richer fatty dishes and stands up to tomato sauces. All yeah. that dry, powdery tannin makes Chianti wines ideal with dishes that use olive oil or highlight rich pieces of meat. Pizza is another favorite pairing and works well or works with all styles of Sangiovese, from lighter Chianti wines to richer Brunello oh, sorry, uh, Brunello di Mandaltino. Of course he, he brings me pizza. Uh, <laughs> so um, we do have a short list this is from um, wine enthusiasts uh, which is I think winemag.com um, this is just five uh Chiantis that are worth trying according to them um, I would think you know wine enthusiasts probably a good uh, source for that yeah. so the first one on their list is the Selva Piana. Uh, The 2015 Chianti Rufina, uh, $19. Uh, you might notice a the theme here. Chianti's not super expensive.
2: Um, Doesn't seem so.
0: Yeah. Earthy aromas of wild red berries, uh, tilled soil, underbrush, and violets align with a whiff of baking spice in this polished red. Savory, elegant palate delivers licorice, raspberry compote, crushed strawberry, and wild herb flavors alongside refined tannins. It's nicely balanced with fresh acidity. Um, and it says you can enjoy it through 2023, apparently. Hmm. Um, I don't know if that's like a wine thing. <laughs> 2015 vintage through 2023. I mean,
2: there is a certain point where uh, where it, it turns to vinegar. So right, you've right, got a yeah. time frame before.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Uh, The next one is uh, Volpaya. No way I'm saying that correctly. But uh, it is a Chianti Classico. And it is smooth and delicious. Also $21. Uh, Opens with inviting scents of raspberry jam, cake spice, violet, and a whiff of forest floor. It's very specific. Uh, The savory, juicy palate doles out ripe marasca cherry, truffle, and star anise framed in polished tannins. This one you can drink through 2022. Um, I just think it, it's interesting that they like highlight and like, and this is your cutoff point. <laughs> um, next is Castello de Rampola. Uh I don't remember how the double L is pronounced, so I'm sorry. Uh, $38. One of the higher priced ones in in any list I've seen. So aromas of truffle, leather, menthol, <laughs> and Mature Plum take the lead on this concentrated red. uh, Aromas follow through to the full-bodied chewy palate, along with fleshy black cherry, licorice, and dried herb. Literally nothing about that sounds good. (laughs) That does not
1: sound good at all. Uh,
0: So this this, um, is also a 2015 vintage, but it says you can drink through 2019 to 2025. Interesting uh, range there considering neither of those is the year it actually is vintage <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah uh, the next is Bindi Sergadi uh, Alcanapo this is a Chianti Coli Sen- Senesi $15 aromas of redskin berry underbrush and a hint of mint merged together in the glass juicy palate doles out red cherry, raspberry jam and a note of eucalyptus that
2: doesn't so, sound terrible
0: yeah it, that sounds okay um now this one it just says enjoy soon this is the 2016 vintage so um no mm, it's just like soon so this is like this is like fresh ipa territory like you need to drink this now drink it drink it now <coughs> fresh
1: ipa territory if it were four years old
0: yeah uh you know context um so the last one on list, the elder territory <laughs> there you go uh dianella reserva uh this is a 2015 vintage, $28, made from 95% Sangiovese and 5% Colorino. This opens with dark berry, baking spice, and leather aromas. Firm Palette offers dried black cherry, clove, and raw almond touches, alongside polished tannins. You got through 2021 to enjoy this one. Mm. Mm. Honestly, all the descriptions sound just fine <laughs> to so me. So I,
1: I can't help but notice the one we're drinking is not on that list. Yeah. Look, I got mine at Target. <laughs> uh, so You can get... you Well, you used to be able to get Nika Coffee Grain Whiskey at Target. Uh, you can still, if you're lucky enough, you can find Hibiki at mm. Target. Look, hmm. you can find fair enough, fair enough. good things at Target.
0: Well, speaking of what we're drinking...
1: Drink with me, friend. What about the slice of pizza? Oh yeah,
2: eat with me, friends. <laughs> so, what what are you guys drinking?
1: Uh, well, while she's shoving pizza in her mouth, this is Da Vinci uh, from Italy. Obviously, it's Chianti. Uh, it's from the Tuscany region, the appellation of Chianti. The wine type is red wine. For some reason, I found that surprising.
2: Red, red wine?
1: (laughs) Yes, it is red, red wine. Uh, Rital Sangiovese. And uh, Da Vinci Chianti has a bright ruby red color and opens with aromas of ripe plum and cherry accented by peppery notes. No, no peppery notes. Uh, on the palate, the wine is medium-bodied and well-balanced, with round tannins.
2: See, I, you went from like,
1: <laughs> just let like the said, accent linger.
2: I'm just saying, you went from like Sebastian and the Little Mermaid to like Marlon Brando and the Godfather.
1: <laughs> it's going. It's just, it's just going wherever it wants to go. But anyway, uh, the tannins that linger through soft mineral finish. This wine pairs perfectly with pastas and meat.
0: It is actually good with the pizza. I do have to point that out. Meat dishes. Meat dishes.
2: Meat mm. dishes.
0: <laughs> um, I will say. Meat dishes. I think we've both been enjoying this wine, which is like a statement that's never uh, happened.
1: So I've never <laughs> liked wine, and I just I just discovered I like Chianti. <laughs> yeah. And like, now I can go out somewhere and be like, I'll take the Chianti. Yeah.
2: Well, uh, it's good to hear. I've been drinking. Chianti Superior mm, from Banfi. Uh, say Chianti, it's 13% ABV hmm. and uh their description here it's from the uh vineyards of the Tuscan hills of the uh delimited Chianti DOCG uh, DOCG zone. So the soil is calci calcareous and with a mixture of sand and clay. They, uh, with the winemaking, there's a maceration of the skins with eight days temperature controlled stainless steel, followed by pressing and fermentation. Jeez. The wine undergoes a malchiotic fermentation where it's then aged for four to five months in uh, in barriques, followed by extended bottle aging. Superior designation mm-hmm. signifies a stricter control over regulation regarding the production and aging requirements than Chianti.
1: Now, say it slower. <laughs> I can't finish if you don't say it's
2: oh, god. It's intense ruby red bouquet, fruit forward mm. aromas with some floral notes. Oh. Taste, round, well balanced oh. acidity,
0: and mm. fruit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, if anyone's still. On behalf was- of, like, if anyone's still listening to the, this point that's their that's their reward <laughs> <laughs> getting <laughs> Justin to read erotica <laughs> of wine <laughs> reviews uh,
2: anyways this is ideal fruit bearing is uh, red sauce pastas roasted and grilled meats and aged cheeses and I'll be da- I'll be damned we found a wine guys
1: right you like it too
2: yeah this has been pretty good all right <laughs>
1: Because it, and it's not and it's I guess cheap, it, yeah, right? <laughs> so I'm like, I'm just like, yes, for once I don't have an expensive taste in something.
0: <laughs> that's a good way to look at like, it. Like,
1: this was twelve dollars. Yeah, that's how much
0: ours was too.
2: <laughs> yeah. Like I was looking around, just kind of like, I, I don't know what to pick. And I'm like looking down the list, and like the worst price was like 20 bucks. And I went, That's that's like surprisingly affordable. It's
1: like, that's
0: doable. Yeah, I mean for wine, yeah,
1: you're just like. All right, yeah, that's... now we know that we can all go out to dinner somewhere and just be like, Bring us a bottle of Chianti. Next next we we go Chianti. Bring we're, we're
2: going to an Italian restaurant, and it's like, Bring it here.
0: We go, we, next time we go to Buca Buc- together, Buca right. de we, Beppo, we're just gonna be like, we, Chianti. We can Pull up
1: the, the show list and be like, Look this at their one. wine list and see if they have one of those bottles. Make a bottle of that, to bring it.
2: it. What's gonna be it though is like, like it's, it's, it's all family size here, and it's like a gallon of <laughs> one wine. of the
1: cooking wine bottles.
2: You're just like, yeah, sure, whatever. Put dip in the crazy straws, guys.
0: I mean, hey, no wine mouth that way. Put <laughs> it out there.
1: Why do you think uh, I drink from a crazy straw?
0: But yeah, I've I've been enjoying it. It's not um so I'm used the only red wine I'm used to is like the Cabernet Sauvignon. And it has a way more like buttery like you know just you're drinking diacetyl. <laughs> like, yeah. So, and this this is definitely like if initially fat tire were red wine.
2: <laughs>
1: I mean, um,
2: yeah, but I'm just saying fat tire mashed potatoes.
1: <laughs> no, no, it matches there. The flavor profiles what you want. Yeah. Right.
0: Um but yeah, so like it it this one isn't I don't know, I feel like it's just this is the the beer as beer equivalent of wine.
2: <laughs> I, I mean, guess? yeah, I like, look, this this is what I want red wine to taste like,
0: yeah, that's and yeah.
2: normally, what red wine tastes like is three month old gym socks.
1: <laughs> no, uh, so uh, we've not covered a lot of red wine on the show so far. I think we've covered a lot of white. Uh, I hate white wine with a passion. i
0: the sherry wasn't bad, I don't
1: think. Uh, wasn't bad. It wasn't my preference. No,
0: but I mean, as far as like, because I don't, I'm not really about white wines as much either. But the sh- the sherry was okay.
1: This this goes down easy, easier with a uh, moose eggnog <laughs> cup. I will say though, like
0: legit, if you like have pizza, especially like I almost wish we could have gotten like
1: um just pasta strong any a uh, good pasta. Oh yeah, brick oven would have like a brick
0: oven pizza. That's like yeah.
2: I'm oh, glad right. I recorked this cuz now I'm kind of like I'm, I think I'm going to make a pizza tomorrow and just have some of this with it.
0: Right? Yeah. Hell, you yeah, just pizza or some kind of like like as it said like the tomato-based pasta oh, or like a spaghetti.
2: Spaghetti.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like it, it's it is and you don't get um honestly when you take a bite of the pizza and you have and you have the wine after you get a lot more of the notes that it talked about with like the, um, the plum and the, a little mm. bit of the smokiness and stuff. So like, it, it's like, it's a crazy good pairing.
2: This has had a lot more sweetness than I'm used to expecting out of red wines.
0: Yeah.
2: Mm. But it's uh, not overly sweet either though. No, sure. but it's like a, it's like a nice, like dark fruit sweetness yes, rather than
0: when it talks about the plums and the cherries and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. That's on point. Good job.
1: All I can think of when you keep saying plum is we need the Bloodhound Gang sounders. Mighty tighty like, Mighty tighty whiteys and then smuggling months. plums. We need a lot of sounders, okay? Like, when we you do. Come.
2: When you want to come. Well, I think that about does it for us. Once we get <laughs> to Bloodhound Gang, I think that's usually time to wrap up an episode.
1: Time to call it, yeah.
2: We learned a lot this episode.
1: We did. I, I no, we're floored. We, <laughs> we found did. a wine we like. Like, holy crap, guys. We should
0: mark this date in
1: history. <laughs> mark this date. During quarantine, they found a the wine they
2: liked. <laughs> well, don't forget, you can subscribe and get some great resources at haveadrinkshow.com. Follow us at HaveADrinkShow Show on social media and on Twitch.tv. And don't forget, you can tell us your favorite drink, ask a question, or just leave some general feedback. You can use the email address, feedback at haveadrinkshow.com. Or you can use the feedback page on the website. Tell us if you like Chianti, it, if you like it with fava beans, if you make an unsettling that sound,
0: <laughs> which is whatever more unsettling, you though,
1: that or the or, or the or the um, grapefruit or another way, actually, to, uh, you can subtly give us feedback or just please go to uh, iTunes or Google Music or wherever you're uh, downloading and listening to the show. Give us a rating. Mm. Yeah. Yes, yes. Let's if if let's
2: people know that they can they can find us and one star,
1: four stars, whatever. Go give us a rating. That that can help a lot more than financial support. We need financial support, but it also helps to get the ratings and get the word out there. But all joking fun aside, I'd like to remind everyone to please drink responsibly, especially during these quarantine times where it's actually extremely easy to drink responsibly. You well, it's, you easy be to,
2: it's easy to it's easy to it's easy not drink and drive. It's more difficult to not drink an entire case by yourself. <laughs>
0: yeah. Mm. You,
1: yeah, especially with the new Little Kings case that's coming out with flavored <laughs> Little Kings. Oh no! College, my college mind sees that and is just like,
2: yes. Uh, I I hear that and I go, Chris, I need we need to get together and drink an entire case of Little Kings feel like <laughs> giants feel like
1: giants.
0: All right. Well, <laughs> check us out in another couple of weeks for the next live episode. Oh, And remember to check out patreon.com slash have a drink show. Also have a uh, If you're not able to support us monthly and you do want to help support the show, you can go in there and buy a shirt, uh, iPhone case, um, hats, you know, what, what, whatever. Whatever. And uh once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker.
1: And I'm Justin Fraser. And the bottle is empty. I'm Christopher Walker. See you guys next time. Bye. It's caught.